Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky and I'm sitting here with Father Boniface Hicks. Actually, well, sitting across the state a little bit here, but connected here with technology. So the point of this podcast always being how can we get closer to God and get closer to church as one of the ways of doing that. So as we're here recording this today during Lent in preparation of Easter, um, there's just a lot of questions that, that I have had coming up through the process of recording this, and hopefully it correlates with what you as the listener are hearing out there, and there might be some overlap to give this some good meaning. So one of the the big questions that we have is this Lent season is preparing and continually trying to get ready for Easter, and we do it year in and year out, and knowing that we have to be more essentially prepared for the the inevitable judgment that will come upon us. And one of the questions that I had, now this is probably because I'm bound here on earth and I don't have godly universal thoughts, is essentially a judgment means you either win, you got the goal, or you lost and you didn't get there. I'm sure there's more nuance in it than that, but that essentially seems to be the 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 two major choices you get. You're going to hell or you're going to heaven. So winning and losing very clearly defined on the spectrum. But as we sit here on Earth, how do you define just in our world today what is winning? You know, as a, as a guy, does that mean you make more money than someone else? You have a better job? You have a better house? You have a bigger family? You're closer to a smaller family? You know, all of these different variables. Um, you know, you're a better cook or whatever that can be overlapped to an overall picture, but they all each have different facets for what you would consider living a successful life today. You know, you were able to take care of five kids, but the trade-off there was you were on the road a lot more doing your job or whatever and what have you. So my question is, with no one way that we can determine what is winning as an individual here on Earth, how do we prepare ourselves, being again with this being the season emphasizing on preparation for heaven, and is there a way to know what is the the ultimate click this box off, click this box off, click this box off, and you'll be good um, type approach. Is there anything that concrete out there? And if so, what are some of those boxes that we need to really focus on to be able to make sure that when we do get to the time of judgment, we are prepared? Because you know, part of preparing is to knowing what the test is going to be. You don't go for a math test and start reading your Spanish book. So, that being said, that's kind of the direction that I had in thoughts and coming in here today. Well, I like that you uh, brought out that analogy of school and exams as someone who's taught for a number of years at the college level and who was in education for a long time, uh, I understand the attitude of 
if I could just figure out what the professor was going to put on the exam, I could just focus on studying that stuff. Pretty much, yeah. And, uh, and the professor, for his part, wants to use the exam as an occasion for the student to learn everything. And so the more vague it is, the more the student is forced to learn to cover all his bases, and then hopefully the exam itself has a kind of covers a kind of cross section that determines whether the student did learn everything. But the exam is a kind of motivation to get the student to learn more. And so uh, the professor doesn't want to give too much specific information away about the exam because the idea is more. And that's where we can fall into a kind of minimalism that's unhelpful when we look at some of these questions. Uh, what's the least that I have to do to get the best results is not the attitude of saints. And so what I'd like to do also is just kind of switch categories in our minds. We're not going to get a grade any more than a married couple gives, them, gives each other a grade because it's really about a relationship. It's about a relationship with God. God wants us to have a deep and meaningful relationship with him, a relationship that's so deep that we're bonded to him completely so that just as we can think of the resurrection of Jesus that we celebrate at Easter as being the fact that death, that love is stronger than death. And so when death tried to swallow up Jesus, it couldn't. It spat him out again because love is stronger than death. And Jesus is pure love, and he is united in perfect union with the Father. And so death had no power over him. And so the question is, are we as united to Jesus as he is to the Father? Do we have a love bond with Jesus that's so strong that death cannot swallow us up? that eternity can't exist without us because we are so much, we have become so much a part of God by our relationship with him here on earth. Is our relationship with him so strong that nothing can interfere with it, even death? So that's the kind of thing that we're talking about. And, you know, again, to look at the analogy of a married couple, mm -hmm. uh, husband and wife, if they're trying to meet the minimum standard, What's the, what's the least I have to do for you, honey, so that you won't divorce me? Yeah, that's going to be a very happy marriage. <laughs> yes. That, that, that's very true. And on the other hand, to look at the positive side, how beautiful can this marriage be? What, what are all of the ways that I can make this marriage more beautiful, more love, that I can make my, my wife feel more cherished, more wonderful, more, more loved by and delighted in by me? How can I make it more? How can I be more receptive to the things that she's doing, the ways that she's loving me, the, the things that she's saying to me? And when we strive for that height, something very beautiful happens there. So, but when so we only try to meet the minimum standard, something very deficient happens there. So continuing off of that analogy, though, so you have you have a, a finite amount of time 
you know that, that that's just life you know you got to be here there wherever um, and there's only so much that that you physically can do and maybe this is just maybe I'm wired wrong but I know that at the end of the day you know you got to eat at some point you know where we got to make dinner and we we got to get everything cleaned up so you you can have space to do that and all that fun stuff and you also got to do this that and 20 other things and as a couple, you know, you, you figure out what priorities matter most to each other, and hopefully you guys have enough differences where all of them, or at least someone likes doing it a little bit enough to get it done, <laughs> so you don't have piles building up of just, you know, whatever, whatever neglected that's, that's, that's in the relationship. So, my question is, is that there's a time and a place to, to cut up all the vegetables and get them ready and there's also a time to to go out and, and fix up the car so it, it, it comes from from knowing each other and physically you know being with her and knowing what she's good at what she likes doing and then what I like doing and, and being able to to balance it out there so with each of us being different I get that God is universal and 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 he encompassed a lot that how do we know what we're doing is complimenting them because there's no point at least in mine for me to go out and try cleaning I'm never going to be as good as what she wants I'm never going to get it to the level she wants so realistically it doesn't matter on the same token there's a lot of stuff that's vice versa there that that she knows with me so with that being said how do we know what to do with our relationship with Joe I love where we have moved in this conversation because now we're working with an analogy that's really going to be instructive for us and helpful for us. Uh, looking at our relationship with God. Now again, I'm going to keep pushing on this analogy. How did you figure those things out with your girlfriend or our other listeners, you know, with your spouses? Or Well, a little trial and error, a little communication. But you also had to live with each other. And everybody that gets married and moves in together has this experience that a bunch of other things start to show up when you actually live together, when you are spending that time together. Um, you only have so much time and you have to eat. Well, eat together. You know, it's, uh, we only have so much time and we have to uh, go different places well can we carpool you know can we spend more time together and and that same analogy with human relationships can apply to our relationship with God um, sleep with him eat with him share your life with him do the chores with him engage in the tasks of the day with him now we also need just like with human relationships we need time alone dedicated to the other so if you never had a conversation, if you spent all your time with your girlfriend, but you never actually had a conversation with her, and you didn't just focus on that, well, that would be deficient in another way. Mm -hmm. And that's what life with God without prayer would look like. We do need those dedicated times of prayer to just talk with him, to just be alone with him. We can keep pushing on these questions. How do we talk with him? Well. Mm -hmm we can certainly express our hearts to him and we want to do that in a way that is as authentic and 
vulnerable, exposing the parts of us that are uh, most open and unguarded. Again, just like human relationships. If, they're, if we don't have unguarded moments with each other, then we just don't go deeper. So we want to make sure in prayer that we're also moving into those spaces. How does he talk to us? Well, one way he talks to us is, is through Scripture. Scripture is his word for us uh, universally. It's, it's the word that he's always speaking. It's always revealing his face. It's revealing something about him. And as we enter into prayer, we start to notice other things developing, a certain familiarity with him, a knowledge of who he is, a knowledge of how he receives our words and how he responds to us. And all of that develops over time, just like human relationships. So anyway, to get back to that, that simple point, spending time, paying attention, asking the questions, all of that helps us to grow in that relationship and we get a better sense of how to divide the duties, as it were, and mm-hmm. how to spend our time. Well, it, it, it's along that line. It, it, it's not necessarily what you said in the beginning, do the least amount just to get by. Um, you know, I only want to read like three pages so I can get my A and my test. But more so with, with as you said, with the relationship side, there's just flat out things that are going to get more efficient results, um, a, a better, you know, outcome as as a team if I do them versus she does them so on and so forth and I guess it's that kind of just to make sure that that, if you're sitting here and there's three different choices for an activity you can do one of them is you know and each of them have a different degree of efficiency you know the one with the most efficiency is going to be most worthwhile your time to go into now, granted, you, you still got to put effort into it, but you know, at, at, at the end of the day, there's choices that we can do every single day that are going to take us more directly to the target, kind of towards the target, and maybe not even make us have any hardly any progress at all. And seeing in other elements of life that if you think the option that's going to be super efficient ends up being a reality the one that's hardly making any project production you know that that that's where people get frustrated and with this particular question you know you're kind of going i mean obviously it's an issue of faith you know no one's ever been to heaven and back to tell us about it aside from jesus um, so therefore you know how can we know what is the most efficient activity to do is it you know w- where does that correlate into direct action today so that we can be preparing in the most efficient manner to um, to, to be getting there. Well, I want to point out, Joe, how masculine these questions are with efficiency and productivity. It's part of the business. Can't turn it off always. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm going to push back in the same way. You know, I can't, I can't say in the abstract how a married couple or how, how a dating couple is going to best be able to develop their relationship without talking specifically to the two persons involved. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's going to be something very similar with, with the Lord. And here's the analogy that St. Paul uses. He says that we are one body and we are all different members of that body. So what's the most 
effective way for the hand to develop well, certain exercises, certain dexterity, certain practices? What's the most effective way for the eye to develop? A whole different set of things. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be that level of difference in human souls. We really are as different as members of the body. And so it's not possible to say in the abstract, what are the specific exercises that are going to make you rise to the top faster? Now, I can give a whole array of things. For example, Jesus says very clearly about the last judgment, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you visited me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was imprisoned and you visited me. I was naked and you clothed me. And the just will say, when did we do these things, Lord? And he says, as long as you did it for the least of my brothers, you did it for me. Come inherit, the, uh, receive the inheritance prepared for you by my father. So a very simple look is that corporal works of mercy are the criterion for our judgment. Pope Francis says it all the time. Well, as, so, as a follow-up, oh, sorry, as I say, as a question on that, um, is is that basically just like if you go out and you take care of your family, does that count, or does it basically have to? Because you know, you 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 go out, you're you're again can't turn off the business side of it. Is is you know, I'm building a house. You know, we're we're saving up the funds to be able to to feed and turn keep the power on for everyone else. You know, give them food and shelter and all that stuff. For from what you just said, or is it the fact that that's essentially directly for me that it doesn't count so so I, I guess I don't know if that question made sense but I'm trying to articulate in a way that it does make sense um. sure the one who lives out these corporal works of mercy most extensively is a, is a mother and a father clothing naked children feeding hungry children uh, visiting sick children you know mm -hmm. so uh, certainly, we, we live those things out extensively in, in married life. Parents live those things out toward children, uh, husbands and wives for, the, for each other in certain ways. But again, now, now you've gone into minimalist land, potentially. Well, if I, I just do it for my family, is that enough? Well, no, it's not enough. <laughs> I'll just say that. Do as much of it as you can. Mm -hmm. And... You know, how much do you want me to do it, Lord? Well, that's where you have to ask him. Mm -hmm. So what are the tools? What are the areas? These are the kinds of areas. Um, the spiritual works of mercy are another set of areas, instructing the ignorant and admonishing the sinner, uh, counseling the doubtful, and you know, praying for the living and the dead. There's a lot of different areas that we can live out our call to be good Christians and that we can grow in holiness. Fundamentally, we're called to love. How much? As much as the Father loves. How much is that? Well, it's a whole lot. We're all falling short. So there's more love to be had. And the more that we can grow in that love, and the closer we're going to get to the goal. So with that being said then, uh, you just kind of outlined that all these different options that, that you can go with. You know... To kind of, I, again, maybe I'm just looking at this wrong from an entirely wrong spot, but when you go to construct um, 
just take like a, like a, a baseball team for instance. You know, everyone has different specialities on the team. You, know, you got your your guys who are starting pitchers who are supposed to be able to go seven plus innings in a game. You got your back end of the bullpen guys who are just gonna get you those last three outs and that's it. So they're they're specialized for that high pressure moment at the end. And then all your fielders have a different correlation to them and a different speciality. You wouldn't win if you had just the same type of skill set on every single person on your roster. It long term wouldn't win. No, you know, no one has everything. So getting back to the original question of when it comes time for judgment, yes, it's a relationship, but everyone out there specializes or tends to have peaks and valleys in what they're good at and what they're not relationship wise skill set wise what have you you know is there is there something to be said to be focusing on on this that or the other you know, even when you're you're talking about about the, the those works of mercy cuz you know you can sit out there and outpour all of your funds into a cause that you might think is worthwhile and then Jesus might be like, "Not that was a bad one to pick." <laughs> so, you know that that's kind of the questions. You know, this, these are real life questions that we have about the budget. You know, is it better to 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 give the extra donation or to put it away to make sure that we're not going to be stressed out about bills in three months? You know, where does the line come and and how to do that with an element of faith opposed to just a spreadsheet? which is what I use now. Again, uh, relationships are a helpful analogy. Um, how much are these things worth? Well, you know, we, we do these things in dialogue also. Now, if you, if you invested your money in something, trying to do your best, trying to pick what you thought was the best, the best thing, and... You know, your your wife then said, uh, yeah, that was a bad choice. Now, she's not completely cold-hearted. She sees what you were trying to do. Mm-hmm. You were trying to give the best that you had. You gave it at a cost. You're pouring your heart out. And if she's not a jerk, she's going to say, like, wow, I see how much love there was, and I wish that it had worked out better, or I wish that something else had happened, but I can see how much love you were offering. And God is like that. Now, if we're trying to, again, if we're trying to manipulate the situation, if we've got ulterior motives, if we're trying to pull one over on God, <laughs> it's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. So, uh, yeah. So one, one thing is that we do take time in prayer. And if I heard somebody, you know, uh, well, as an example, this this podcast. I mean, this is coming from your heart, Joe. And the, at the end of the day, uh, maybe it doesn't reach anybody. Maybe it doesn't make any difference. Maybe, you know, whatever. But uh, was it something beautiful for God? Was it your sincere effort to try and make a difference and share this gift with people? Yeah. And does God see that? Absolutely. And is he delighted in your efforts? No question. Does everybody have to make a podcast in order to get to heaven? Well, no, clearly not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, are some people going to? Yeah, absolutely. So, anyway, just to, to show that there's uh, it's 
God is not uh, sort of cruel in this, and there isn't a, a kind of most you know, efficient shortcut that we can take to, uh, to get the best result. And we're not going to get around the cross, ultimately. It's going to cost us. <laughs> Love always costs us. Love always requires sacrifice. We're just not going to get around that. And if we sacrifice ourselves in an effort that seems to have been empty and pointless, ah, you know, in reality, pretty much everything we do on earth is empty and pointless. <laughs> There's, we're, the, the love that we put into it is far more important. So the often quoted phrase of Mother Teresa, God doesn't ask that we be successful, but that we be faithful. It's not about doing extraordinary things, but about doing ordinary things with extraordinary love. And that's why it's accessible for everybody, not just for the most efficient or the most productive not just for the people who can see their ways through the situation, but all of us can be faithful and all of us can pour out all the love we have, which will always be extraordinary. So whenever it comes around the saying that historically, you know, the church has been around a long time and there's been a lot of different views, a lot of different topics throughout the years, um, that it's not necessarily how you guys like I guess this is what the question I'm trying to ask because um, uh, I, I, going back to what you said before you know there's probably Bible passages that I focus on a little bit more than others because of my mindset one of which being that the door is narrow so you gotta constantly keep pushing yourself to get better to get through it um, the other one is the uh the camel through the eye of the needle for the uh, for the rich guy and um, so those th those are some of the, the thoughts that have always stuck with me you know throughout my developmental years and it could be going back to something we discussed a long time ago about yes that was the nine year old interpretation of it you probably need an updated thought but my the, the reason I'm asking this is that overall there are different mindsets today than there were 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 400 years ago um, with, with with how you go through life. And just to take an example that, that's with me, which is how do you, you, you take care of your employees? You know, back at the, the, the turn of the century, it was stick them in the steel mine, give them whatever they're going to take to keep showing up and call it a day. You, know, you go back even before there, you have feudalism, you just keep plowing the field, I'll give you three you know, three out of every four hundred tomatoes you pay. So it's I like to think that it's going towards a more better direction overall. At least I like to hope my business is. But that is still a question because as things change and curve, you know, how do you know you know, if you compare each other and with with God being timeless, essentially we all enter Judgment Day at the same time. If you are doing things right, or if compared to whatever generation is going to come far after me or or even behind me, if I'm not going to be close, <laughs> I guess that's I get maybe it's the whole judgment parable that that the paradox that I'm not getting past where you know some people are getting in and some people aren't, so. Therefore, that's where we're at. So I, I get that that's a very long analogy with not a lot of podcasts left, but that's kind of the, the, the thought that 
that that was there. Well, again, I think we do better if we strive to have uh, the maximal relationship with God now, because the fact is that heaven doesn't begin in heaven. Heaven begins now. Because ultimately, as Jesus says, heaven is this, eternal life is this, to know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. We can already know him now. And it's so good to know him. And so why would we want to wait? And the fact is that by coming to know him, striving to know him, desiring to know him, making efforts to know him, that we already begin to enjoy heaven and we don't have to worry about judgment. One of the signs of really knowing him now is a peaceful death. There isn't a great contortion at the end of this life. It is more like falling asleep for those who have no fear and can entrust their hands their, themselves into the hands of a loving father whom they actually know. So instead of worrying about you know what's the minimum necessary, we should strive for everything now, strive to know him, to be in relationship with him to love him, to serve him. And then we can already begin to enjoy heaven now and we can be rid of the fear that comes at the end of our lives. Beautiful. Well, hopefully that th th that this was a, a good experience for everyone to listen to. Thank you again for, for listening to this podcast. Please continue to subscribe and, and let everyone else you know to, uh, to sign up for us. We only grow by word of mouth. Thank you. <laughs>